hello and welcome to in square episode eight um long time coming for this one or i guess long, i know long time coming for last episode which is episode seven it took a few months uh we kind of just hovered but um here we are episode eight we have a few things to talk about it's gonna be a long long uh title um but uh yeah um i guess let's let's hop straight into it um and the first thing we're gonna talk about is um some stuff about real real golf, which we haven't really talked about that much on the podcast um, so far um, this season or this inception of uh, of Ian Squared. So um, yeah, we're going to talk about some real golf news, specifically um, Live Golf and um, the Open. Um, I've I've a feeling that we should, probably should talk about Live Golf because um, well, it's new and stuff, and the Open because it's the Open and it's at St Andrews. So um, yeah, let's get uh, let's do it. So, firstly, live golf. Um, firstly, there's a um, just kind of overview for people who don't know. Live golf is a brand new tour. I'm sure if you're, you're if you don't know, you're living under a rock. Um, but yeah, it's the new tour on on um, on thing that every single uh, pro players left and right are switching to um, for multiple reasons. But um, one of the main reasons is they're paying about four what like ten times the amount that the PGA is paying them to just play um not even to win or anything just to play um there's been two events so far one by i know the first the second one was brandon grace and the first one was charles swartzel charles swartzel charles swartzel charles charles oh charles just like charlotte claire all right um yeah so how much did they get like 30 million dollars for it or something no the winning was four million oh only four. Uh, he was also Charles was also part of the winning team, so I think he got another, another seven hundred and fifty k for that. But to play in it, he got paid like a million. Oh, I'm right? not sure what his appearance money was, but yeah, significant. Yeah, they're getting paid a lot. Um, a lot of money. A lot of money. Yes, a lot of money. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of pro players switching over to Live Golf Tour. Justin Johnson, Bryson. Um, who else? Who else has switched over? Yeah, what, Dustin, recently or, Dustin Johnson uh, of all time. Dustin Johnson. No, Mickelson was Mickelson, one of the big names that went first. Um, Ian Poulter. Ian Poulter. Uh, Bryson. Charles Fossil. Did Bruce Tyson go over there? I don't remember. Um. Dustin Brooks. Oh, here we go. Oh, Kepkas. Kepka. Yeah, Kepka brothers. That's right. Both Kepkas. Yeah. Dustin. He'd be an answer. Uh, yeah. Answer, Louis Stazen. I thought he was Stazen. Um, Bryson, Patrick Reed. Oh, that's right. He went over recently. Um, um, what's his name? Um, Carlos Ortiz. Well, Brandon Grace. Did he came on? Uh, well, there's been a few um, top players. That's that's the point. Some yeah, there's a lot of some of the world's top players. Pretty um, pretty prominent players that are switching over. And it seems like there's more being attracted. So see, uh, but actually the other interesting thing is the response of the PGA Tour and the DP Tour. Yeah. To form an alliance together, and uh, raise the money and and uh, so on as well. So it's one way or potentially looking at it, it may be healthy competition at some level. But the, it doesn't seem like it's going to be healthy. 
healthy. Well, it's, it's made the PGA Tour make changes that people have probably been asking for for a long time. Um, um, but the but the Live Tour right now is a very different setup. Right, it's fifty four holes. It's it's a shotgun starts. It's individual and team combined. Um, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday done. Yeah, three rounds. It's only eight. eight. I thought it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. No, it's no, it's done. Done, on, change done on Saturday. So <laughs> yeah, they might uh, want to change that. Um, and uh, what's the other thing I was going to say? There's only eight competitions this year, and they're planning fourteen next year. Uh, well, it's a first year thing, so they're not they don't have uh, they don't have any world points agreed yet, so you're not playing for world rankings. No. If you play in live not tour yet. yet, that's probably going to be negotiated. That'll be there at some point. Um, um, yeah, I I think it. I like the way they're um, making it look like on TV. That it looks really professional and um, pretty uh, appealing to me, at least. Yeah, they're trying to introduce some other sport ideas in there as well with the teams thing. Yeah, and I like the the idea that sponsors will come in and take over teams like you have a Red Bull team and a a bit like Formula One. Like Formula One, where you have yeah, yeah, Um, which is interesting. Uh, The players seem to enjoy the team stuff. Yeah, from what you're hearing, it's mainly to be more. It's mainly to make it more more golf more fun. Definitely more. They seem For to be the more pros. relaxed and stuff. Uh, it's a lot and more they, simple and stuff. The thing I also like is they're treating the caddies very much. Uh, oh yeah, caddies get better. paid less than you know what. They're getting better pay, and they're also getting better conditions put on by the courses. Yeah. As well, and they were even part of the ceremony at the end. Yeah. You know, the caddy and the player were part of it, which I think is a good idea. Some thoughts. Good thing or bad thing? Is it a good thing? Um, I think it like anything that's new and trying to change a very long and established sport. It's got good parts and it's got some not so good parts. The good part, I like the format. I like the team thing. Um, I love the fact that they're treating caddies as well as players better. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know they're putting them up in good accommodations. They're providing them really good um, travel facilities, like putting on jets for them and so on. Um, the negative part, if I, if I was a player, you don't get points, you're not getting FedEx points anymore and so on. It might jeopardize their Ryder Cup careers, although I think that'll change because you want the best players playing on each team, I'm sure. Um, the other thing someone said recently I thought was interesting, the, um, while these players can still enter the, ma- the majors, because these are not PGA Tour sanctioned events, or not run by not the PGA, PGA Tour. Championship, really. Um, the, uh, the live tour doesn't really prepare them in the same way because they're not playing from first hole to the 18th hole getting used to the fact that a course usually is designed to be more challenging over the closing holes um and make it more exciting yeah. a finish and they're also not playing 72 holes every week anymore they'll be playing 54 it's, you know stuff like that might might uh, might make their preparation for the majors but time will tell if this well, my thought is that they're going to train way, for them anyway. They're going to train for them, uh, but not week in and week out the same format. Is right, it? but they have more time to train for them. Well, that's a, that's the positive part of it. Like I say, most most of these things are positive. Like some of the things, um, uh, it looks like they put. I like the fact that Liv seems to make it a whole day entertainment thing, not just the golf. 
So if you look at what's available for the spectators to take part in, and it seems very festive uh, atmosphere, it's not. It's not so much. I mean, they do keep people quiet when people are hitting the balls, but it's not so much like rigid like a lot of the. Yeah, it's like every hole's like. Um, there's carnivals going the 16th on. The 16th at the Phoenix Open. Yeah, a little more. Kind of. Which is, I think, a good thing. Atmosphere. I think it's a good thing. Um, it shouldn't be the, you know, it should be loud crowds because that generates new fans as well. People who get excited for it, um, you know, probably aren't, you know, excited for being silent until they put it in the hole and then clapping, you know, that's not, you want to be screaming and jumping, especially someone who's like, comes from like a, imagine like a Barcelona fan. Yeah. I mean, imagine, yeah. imagine like, if, Oh, look at this golf thing. Oh, wait, uh, I can't talk. That would be baseball or something like that. And, I mean, golfers have been dropping this tradition of you need silence to hit all. When you really look at it, for goodness sake, the ball's not even moving. Yes, yeah, exactly. You know, in baseball, it's coming at you at 95 <laughs> miles an hour, for goodness it should, sake. It, you it's know, you it's technically, to hit it. for, for the baseball, it's statistically impossible to hit it, but they do. Yeah. You know, and with crowds cheering. Golf is sitting up sitting up on a tee to the height of your <laughs> choice, and he's, he's sitting there waiting for you to hit it. Doesn't make it easy, <laughs> but still. It's a, you know, no, it's one of the hardest games in the world to master, but uh, let's not get crazy about the whole oh i need perfect silence or i can't hit yeah. this stationary ball give me a break so. <laughs> <laughs> um as for me uh i think it's definitely a good thing you know bringing more it'll probably bring more new fans especially younger fans mm. like really really young like i'm talking six five seven because of all the excitement around it and um you know and then when they get older they'll realize that they're getting they're getting paid really well and stuff and all that kind of stuff um you know, I seeing kind of points that it, it's a good thing. Um, it'll also make the PGA, you know, question um, how they're running their own thing. Um, but there have been some controversies with the PGA about you know kicking out players who join live, and which is why you said like a friendly competition. Which is why I might maybe it won't be a friendly competition because you know, PGA are literally kicking players out of their entire organization, you know, including the PGA championship, right? That's, mm -hmm. you know, that's one of the four majors that they're just tough luck. You know, you're, you're done. So it's a little bit, you know, kind of uh sore loser ish. Well, I think the, um, the big thing really, I, I think golf has been an elitist sport for a very long time. Yes. And, it, and I don't, you know, it, it came that way early on and it's, um, yeah, and then Tiger came around. When, no, when no, when you look at the history of golf, you know, it started. It wasn't started by elitist people, but the elitist guys, the, the upper class, whatever, yeah. took it over and became a royal game. And you know, you had to, you know, even today, it's like if you want to join a private club and stuff like that, everyone has <laughs> to vote yes to let you in, kind of really? stuff. Oh yeah, if you get a one person voting no, you're not in. You got clubs like that. You got clubs that still don't admit women to the membership. It's, Fewer and fewer, thank goodness, but it's, that. it's been an elitist sport for a very, very long time. Clubs have been allowed to get away with bullshit. They don't let, you know, if you're not the right, if you haven't got the right amount of money to put forward or you're not the right, even even social class or even religion in some yeah. cases, um, or sex, like, like, then or gender, then, uh, 
you know, it's crazy. And this stuff, this live stuff is, is breaking down some of those stupid barriers that should have been, yeah. should be broken down. It should be a game for everybody. No matter what your uh, social status is, what your creed or color is or sex or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it's a great game that everybody should enjoy. It's the only game I know that you can be a 22 handicap and you can compete with a one handicap and have a really good close match. And, Which uh, my, my no analogy for that, that is like, imagine FC Barcelona played um, the Philadelphia Union, except, but the handicap was that FC Barcelona had a little tight soccer net and the, and the Union guys had a normal net, you know? It's, or they it's, got a 10 goal start. Or, or they, yeah, or they have like a, a, a couple goals start. Yeah. Or right. if they score a goal, it's automatically disallowed or whatever, like something like that. But that's the equivalent. Barcelona it... had to shoot uphill. Yeah, <laughs> just make this put you on a put you on a mountain. <laughs> the other team shooting downhill a little bit. Just tap it and it's woo. Right. With rocks everywhere. <laughs> the ro- there's spikes that just. They had, when... they had to wear moon boots instead as, of. As soon as an FC Barcelona touches the ball, spikes just go. <laughs> no, they have to wear really really heavy boots yeah. so they can hardly move their feet. Uh, uh, yeah, it's like that. It's the equivalent of doing that. <laughs> It sounds stupid, but you know that's how it works in golf. So golf's a great equalizing game, but it should not be only for the people who are rich enough to afford to play it. Yeah, it's a very it's a very mixed up game in that sense. It's a fair game that everybody can compete at their own skill level, and yet it was made exclusive for certain groups of people, and it shouldn't be that way. And uh, you know the great thing in our days and times, pretty much everyone could go and hit golf balls and driving ranges and play yeah. public courses and stuff. And it's great to see the professional sports starting to bring it down. And, you know, actually, I think golfers getting paid appearance money and stuff like that changes the whole model. Because yeah. currently, only the top golfers in the PGA Tour get uh, get paid, like, an amount that's, you know, like, yeah, they, they're very, yeah, very wealthy. So, they, so hard to you get. You don't have to go that. far down the, 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 the list to see people who are barely surviving. Right. Like, you, with, you can go down to 70th in a, in a real tour event and they're making yeah. a couple thousand dollars. And if you don't make the cut, you don't make any money. Yeah. You have um, to make the cut, which yeah. is and that's the other thing. already Liv, shooting. Liv doesn't have a cut. For, for a lot of things, it's shooting under par over oh, yeah. a few they rounds. Oh, yeah. Well, under par. Yeah. You know, yeah. five or six under par mm, that's pretty difficult but what professional sport do you know where you compete and don't get paid for it other than golf uh i don't know what professionals think about it you know if you're if you're a professional sports person F1. and you play for a team or drive for a team you don't you get, get paid, paid? To, you don't get paid to drive you get paid by sponsors and you still get paid though right you get even paid coming but... last Right, but it's the same even thing if you with... crash halfway around and you, you know, you don't even complete, you still get payment. Right, golf but if you have sponsors and if you have a sponsor in golf, it will give you money. Oh well, yeah, if you have sponsors. Right, that's the whole point. With well, it's a different level of money, but still, in F one, if you don't have a sponsor, you're not going to get paid. Yeah. And the signing bonuses are, you know, they're not golf minimal, but for F one and how much that costs, it's pretty minimal. Yeah. So anyway, I think this, like anything like this, is pros and cons. I think the media makes more of it than the players are making of it. I think we'll see things over time. Probably five. Yeah. It could take five, ten years to settle all this down, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, aside from that, back to the majors. Um, the Open. This week. This this coming week. Yeah. And not only to... for the Open of Real Life, but the final Nintendo Open round, which I don't know what episode that would be. Ten or eleven, I'm assuming. 
because at some point I think we'll start doing weekly episodes um, because it's, there will be more simplified episodes talking about, you know, news and stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So who do you think we'll start doing win? weekly episodes? Um, who's, who's on your prediction list for winning the Open this year? Who's on yours? Rory's in my is in my list. He's playing well. He won in Canada a couple of weeks ago. Uh, St Andrews. Um, I think. I think you know. We're talking today. I was listening to the Golf Channel talk about him. the the weather over there is perfect. It's calm. It's been so good. Yeah. The fairways are high. They reckon that they're going. You're going to see people driving the par fours all over the place. There's people. They're playing it far back though. Well, there's people predicting that they, you're going to see a record score because. St. Andrews isn't long, and if you know where to put the ball um, in these conditions, uh, you know, you can score very, very well. Yeah. But they're going to put the pins really tucked away, really yeah, tough, I think. probably. But I think that, um, I think I think it's going to be not just a blaster of the ball that's going to win it. I think it's going to be someone who's got good course short management game, skills. Especially short game. Knowing where with to the, put the ball. And someone like a Louis Oosthuizen with really good putting. Oosthuizen has an amazing record at St. Andrews. I know, because he has amazing putting. That way, he, he, could th- he only went in, I think they said, one bunker the time he won it there. Yeah. And the only person that's ever done better than that at St. Andrews in the Open is Tiger. Tiger Woods, who didn't who hit didn't, even didn't one. Hit a bunker. But to hit only one with all those pot bunkers and everything, you've got to have done your homework. You've got to be able to put the ball exactly where you, you know. He, he's, Not to uh, mention he's one of the best putters in the game. Yeah, and putting's going to be like critical. Um, Bump and runs and the one of the yeah he's going to be up there Louis Tees and I feel like obviously I think Scotty Scheffler will be up there that's kind of a given for most people because you know Scotty Scheffler's having a season he is but I think I heard he's got he's carrying an injury and also uh, my wild card pick is Bryson that's my wild card Uh, Um, he's it's either going to go really good or really bad for him because he's either going to be able to drive it and then putt he's either going to have the putting and the chipping and the iron play. Uh, and have the precision and then use his driving ability, or he's going to have the driving ability, which he always does, or he's just not going to be able to putt yeah. and chip, and then that'll leave him out. So it's either going to be really good or really bad for him. Um, one of the two. I don't think there'll be. A, I don't think there's an in-between there. Um, Rory, I, my, uh, I'll, I'll say Louis Oosthuizen, um, but I think Rory and, and, um, Rory and Scheffler will be up there as well. So I, I think you'll see uh, one of the Europeans do really, really well. Yeah. I mean, Rory's obviously in that category. Rory, um, Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah, I think Fitzpatrick's kind of, you know, it's possible. Yeah. Um, now, be interesting. I mean, he just won a major, so he's got some good. No, he's got some good. Could be good. He's matter, got some yeah. good. Um, um, but I think. Momentum. I'll be very sealed Tiger does. Yeah. It's a flat course. It's he's not, been, yeah. It's not going to kill his, his bad leg too much. He's been training. The hard. He, he didn't play in the U.S. Open too specifically, so he could get himself ready for it. He's hit himself pretty much um, from the media um, a lot over about the U.S. Open because, or about the Open because I saw a thing that he's really being kind of standoffish about how he is and stuff. Um, and I, you know, I don't know. It'll be it'll be C because he's he's got he's had a lot of time. Um, but I saw that Rick Shields podcast title that said he might be retiring, so we don't know. Um, but we'll see. I think it'll be middle of the pack. 
I'll, I'll, I'll say he'll probably make the cut. I think he'll make the cut. Because he's, he'll, been, he's been waiting a I think time. he'll do well the first two rounds. And then third and and, and, and and get people excited and then not like the pace. Yeah. Yeah. But Tiger, you know, surprises everybody. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does something amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think somebody, somebody we have, like Shane Lowry or somebody like that is going to have a good week. Yeah. Yeah, someone, someone who's used to links courses. Tommy Fleetwood did well. Tommy Fleetwood did well in the Scottish Open. He in a top five, so he could be up there as well. I'd like to see Justin Rose do do well too. I think he's Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, I think Tommy Fleetwood could be up there as well. because he did. He had a top three or four, right? Five. Was he fifth? In what? Scottish Open. He was up. He was on the leaderboard. Yeah. He was. He was in the top ten. Yeah. And I think maybe top five as well. I'm not sure. But... Yeah, yeah, it's true. He's sitting forward at the right time. Um, so we'll see. Maybe you'll come into it and surprise everybody. Um, so that's our thoughts on the Open. As for the Nintendo Open, it's already sealed and done. Um, spoiler. Well, actually, we won't spoil that. I won't, I'll cut that out because the episode hasn't come out. But um, Yeah, St. Andrews. So it's on the Wii this time. So it's a different ball game. Um, and I guess... Leading with the Nintendo Open, obviously this year is going to be the last year of the Nintendo Open, first and last. Um, we've decided that you know, to make it more competitive, we're going to play on um, the Steam game 2K21, and it's. Uh, I've been playing. I have a lot of hours in it, um, but there is difficulties, which I think there is difficulties in the Wii, but I've never really dabbled with it, so. And I'm not sure how that works. I know exactly how difficulties work. I know how to do it and stuff. Um, so in the six or seven months we have to get prepared for that, and you know when we record our episodes afterward, we can have a game and stuff. And obviously we're both doing two courses each. I'm working on my second course at the moment. He's learning how to make a course. He's himself. He's he's the other he, half. Uh, the other the other. The I'm other, going to design the, my own course. He's or two. Two courses. I'm working on McEwen Mountain Country Club. He's working on Finn's Follies. So, um, Finn's Follies, my yeah. Riveresco Run is already out. Um, that one is we played. Um, it's a very it's one of the easier courses. So, um, I think the fourth course will probably be a Parkland type course like North Hills, similar to North Hills. And one of my ideas is to make a course that we both do at the same time um, that we both make. I was doing two, and you were doing two. Well, my, the idea is is that um, an inspiration of North Hills. Oh, so you're so, changing it now? You think? No, I'm, I'm. No, here's what I'm saying: is ah, it's, it's the same that, layout. So all the fairways and stuff, and the greens are same, everything, but everything else can be different. So the elevation, um, all of that stuff. Okay. So the distances and the uphill, downhill, and you know the dog legs and stuff can be the same. And the fairways, you know, and everything will make based off of it. So they'll be pretty similar, but it'll be an inspiration type thing. Um, so that could be the fourth and final round. We'll see, though. Um, but Finn's Folly and McKeown Mountain will probably be more difficult courses. And then the fourth course, if we do do that or Dad makes another one, will probably be a little bit easier because we have one. Riveresco runs very playable, very low scorable. Um, I think the first time he played it, he shot seven under. I shot, I think my best score was about 12. Um, so... It's a very playable, scorable course. Um, he's making Finn's Folly, which is a Highlands Scottish type course with a lot of fescue. It'll be thinner fairways, very thin fairways, small greens, a lot of fescue, very difficult. 
Um, and then McEwen Mount will be also be quite difficult um, with, I'll make it, it'll, it won't be, you know, really small fairways. It'll, they'll have some thin fairways. It'll be smaller greens and it'll be, um, it'll be, you know, decently sized fairways, but it'll be longer. Um, so it'll be probably closer to 75, 76, maybe 7,700 yards. And, um, and it'll be very tight. So, you know, fairways are normal size, but if you miss a fairway by a big margin, you're probably out of bounds. So that's kind of, that's kind of the idea. Um, so those two, the McEwen Mountain will be, and um, Finns Valley will be a little bit different. And also on that note, um, a few things, other things are changing, um, just trophy-wise. Um, obviously, we need a new trophy. I have an idea on a trophy. Um, for I've looked at trophies for PGA Tour 2K21 thing, which I already found a trophy that could be a candidate, and also the new a new trophy for the McEwen Classic because – um, the trophy that we have is this tall. So, you know, it's not very big. It's about probably a tenth of the size of the Club Cup trophy. And I think it's actually the most important. The McEwen Classic is actually the most yeah, it's important. It's only about six inches high, isn't it? Yeah, it's seven yeah. inches high. So I I think the the um, the McEwen Classic should be the most important one because that's our trip one. That should be the big one, apart from the match of the year, which is for the Claret Jug. But um, I have some ideas and also – the PGA Tour, so the idea is the 2K21 trophy will be the tallest. The Club Cup will be the biggest. The Claret Jug will end up being the smallest, but it's the Claret Jug, so it makes it more important. And the McEwen um, Classic will be um, in between, but the most important one. So the 2K21, I think, is 11 inches in height, and that one's 10. Um, and I'll show you after the after the episode on what, I, what kind of links I also have. But also another idea we've had for trophy, for a prize from the McEwen Classic, maybe this year, if not next year, will be a T-shirt or a quarter zip or some sort of fleece um, that you'd win with the logo that we'll make for the McEwen Classic with Adobe Express that I'll make. Um, um, that will be we'll planted on the logo, your name and all that stuff, and we'll, we'll get that all sorted out. Um, not a jacket because we'll need two, one, and we're not going to wear it that much. So, yeah. Um, any other news for majors and changes in our brand and stuff? Oh, yeah. The podcast in general are changing. It's more going to be more episodes, kind of more weekly, bi-weekly episodes. Um, more simple, less kind of edited, less edited. You know, it's kind of us bantering, talking, going on tangents, all that kind of stuff. Um, and... Yeah, it's just going to be a lot more kind of laid back, and we're going to start doing YouTube, and that will eventually become the focus, um, our rounds, and maybe we'll do a series on um, the maybe the um, getting down to something, the getting down to blank series, as is my current ideas. Down to blank? Down to blank as an handicap. Well, di- well, it'll be down to 10 right now for this season, but it'll be our every every, every Sunday round we have. Um, starting with a round from the green tees to get a benchmark score and then playing all of our rounds on Sunday, which is stroke play, um, where we can track our progress and essentially kind of um, a goal episode. So also a breaking 80 series eventually for both of us because he sh- his best score is an 84, my best score is an 81. So we're only three shots in between ourselves. So breaking 80 will also be probably become one. He's broken 80. I haven't. Um, 
so yeah, we'll see. But um, we'll do a lot of stuff with YouTube. We'll think of ideas, and we'll also start eventually probably doing TikTok and um, like clips and uh, Instagram. We'll get back on the run as well. Any other things for changes in our stuff? Changes. Um, well, we're also. I'm also one more thing. I'm changing this. The color scheme for us is changing back to the blue and white. I change it to a dark blue and light blue, um, but it's changing back to the blue and white because one Scottish flag colors, and also um, actually like the blue and white. Not because of the logo. I think the logo what looks better with the blue and light blue, but overall the uh, stuff we've been able to do with logos and posts on Instagram and stuff look way better with the blue and white. So um, it's changing back to blue and white. And also it fits us a little bit better. I like the blue and white a little more. Anything else with majors? Um, we still haven't decided what format McCune Classic is going to be. And we also still probably have to decide trophies for uh, or prizes for next year because the Club Cup literally just was the trophy. It was nothing else. So um, we'll have to think of better prizes. Um, for that, but anything else that you can think of that we should do that any changes that will will be made to Ian squared? No, no, no more Ian squared uh, news, no more golf news for now. Are we going to talk about the club cup? Yes, that's going to be the next part. Club cup. So, the club cup we played, um, well, a month ago, about now, nearly. Yeah, we didn't put date on the um, forecast, I think it was about a month ago, maybe. When Sandy went away for the it was, weekend. So it was um, probably three, three weeks ago, maybe. Three weeks ago, so two weeks, yeah. Um, and, yeah, we're going to walk through the rounds, talk about our thoughts, and um, what the future is going to commence for our games. So, um, first round, so it was two rounds, stroke play, net stroke play, just basic, just shoot it out. Um, first few holes, um, obviously, he's playing off, he, at the time, he was playing off 17 course handicaps, um, 15, 13, 12 handicaps, playing 14, 17. So 14, 17. Um, first holes, five, six. So we both, so it's pretty much tied. Um, I'm just going to say the first four holes of scores and then we'll walk through them. No, no, you won the first hole. No, I don't get a shot. So 15 handicaps. Oh, we did stroke play. So yeah, so stroke play. Match, so. Um, so. So yeah, so five six net eight to five five. Right? So yeah, I'll I'll read out the first four scores and then we'll talk through it. So um five six five six four four six six. So bogey 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 and or bogey par bogey bogey and uh double bogey double bogey 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 bogey. Um so I beat him by one over the first few holes. Nothing really just kind of settling in. There was nothing really to shout about. I was just kind of settling in, and um, we were we were both. I was even; he was one over. And then, on the fifth hole, um, he had a par, I had a bogey, so it got back to even. Then I, then he had a double, I had a par. Um, so two shot swing. So on that two one. shot swing on that one. Which one was that? Is this I the second was, round? No, this is this has first, to be the first round. first round. This has to be the first round. Yeah, right? it's first round. Yeah, yeah, because we end up for sixty-seven. You sure? Yeah, 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 yeah. It goes way up. Uh, Are you, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Then seven four three, so we went back to even, and then six five, which put uh, Dad in the lead by one, and then it's and then he won the next hole by one as well. So we both is that your ninth you were in that? Uh, yes. Yeah, we um, both shot forty four. We both shot forty four, which for me was a net thirty five. Well, actually, before I'll I'll cut 30. this before we before we talk about the actual rounds, let's talk about 
um, the build-up to the Club Cup and how our games worked were and were um, the few days and weeks before it. So for you, you were doing regular Men's League um, President's Cup because yep. you got knocked out of the Governor's Cup. So yep. what scores did you bring? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I shot a, um, I had an 84 and I had an 86. So two really good scores. Two good, two good rounds. My game was in good shape. Um, and um, well, I could look up, but yeah, I know I had an 84 and an 86 in the two competitions I played. I played pretty well. And uh, I guess under, under competition conditions, I was concentrating a little better and I was a bit more focused. Uh, but yeah, that was, um, yeah, they was leading up to that. I think I had, I had like a one bad round in the middle as well, but I can't remember. Um, where's the uh, stats? That's what um, scoring history. Um, yeah, then it, it, there's the 84, I had 85 in there as well. So I had an yeah. 85, a 93, an 84, and then the club, and cup. then I think that was the club cup. That yeah, was, yeah, um. Yeah, so good rounds, moving in the right direction. As for me, um, our Sunday round, I shot an 86, which was normal for me. You know, it was to my handicap. And then I went to Bala for the uh, championship, and I shot a 96. So a, a pretty much a traverse, which is, you know, the opposite of where you want to be. Um, and uh, I pretty much just didn't do anything well. I didn't do anything great. I didn't do anything well. I pretty much just put it up. So getting used to new irons and being the first competition of the year. Um, you know, you just but, mentioned something we haven't talked about. You, you, you just got a new set of irons as a graduation gift. Yeah, I have a new set of irons. Well, I'll, we talk about that in the last episode. We talked about that last episode. So, we, oh, okay. Um, not do what we, we, we did. Yeah, um, okay. yeah, we talked about that last episode, but I put it down to settling in, as, in competition mm -hmm. and also getting used to new irons. Um, oh. And I think looking back... Before we read these out, I think the best thing would have been to keep my irons for the club cup that I would have been used to for the club cup, at least, because I would have been more confident um, in general. Not that I, not that I ended up not. Be... I played with the new irons on my bag, too. You know, I played with the pinks. I know, so but I think even for, that way, for me, for me, I probably should have kept my G425s in the bag until after the comp, at least after it okay. um, and then switched. You did definitely one because I was playing like crap with my uh, Cobra hands. Um, <laughs> Although I did shoot one, one of your Cobra ones, or your tailor-made ones, but um, yeah. Oh, that's true. I went back to those. So yeah, I I probably should have switched back, uh, or at least stayed um, for Bala and the Club Cup, and then switched for the Wednesday match, um, so I could get used to it in a non-competitive setting because I wasn't going to play another competition for another week, at least. Um, because I didn't have the parent child until that next Wednesday, and I don't have the other match for the till another Thursday. So I could have switched. And even if the parent child, I could have played with the irons because I have him to, if I hit a bad shot, he can hit a good approach shot. So, you know, that's kind of, I probably should have stayed because I probably would have been more confident. Um, and it showed because, you know, 44, 44, 44s are, 44 is bad for me. You know, they're both pretty bad. Um, and then back nine. So, yeah. Uh, so back nine, four, six. So two, one. So made a shot up for me. Then five, six. So now we were both tied at four over par. And then we went six, six, 
six four, which put me at two in the lead. So a two shot swing on thirteen, mm-hmm. um, which was a straight par four, and then fourteen five four, which kept it there, um, which gave him a shot back because I made a I made a a, a double, mm-hmm. and then seven six tied it, um, six uh, or uh, five five kept it seven five seven five. So equaled, um, put him in the lead by two, and then five six. So, um, which put him in the lead by one. So made a shot back in the back nine, um, which technically was a good thing. I didn't feel great, um, but I just didn't think take it that well because I technically that back nine should have been a good thing because I made one back, um, forty eight fifty. So terrible. Uh, ninety two ninety four, net seventy eight, net seventy seven. So not very good. Um, but I thought it was really bad for me that I didn't end up in the lead after the, on the back nine, but, um, really it wasn't cause I was down two on the front. Um, yeah, and I ended up only down one. So my mental was bad and I should have read through one of the things I should do in competition is I should, if there's a multiple round, I think something we should do, or at least I should do to keep my confidence up is read the scorecard and analyze it with the scorecard, not just on our cost, but the actual paper scorecard, because I can see everything where I went wrong. And also, I would have definitely been able to see that, oh, I actually made one back up in the back nine. I'm on a good roll. Even though I'm not playing well, he's still playing bad. So I can definitely do that. <laughs> we're both Essentially, we're both playing bad. I played a little bit better on the back. He played a little bit better on the front. He ended up being one up. So we slept... Um, Sunday morning warm up, all that kind of stuff. No gar. Oh, that's the other news afterward. Um, for for this episode, but um, yeah, playing off the same. We're seven and six over at start, so he's one up. Six five, which put him in a three shot lead, like that. Six five. Uh, he now he's a four shot lead. Five three, six shot lead. Six seven, five shot lead. So. Uh, I checked myself out, and then all like just like that, I ended up with a six shot deficit, and I'm like, "What the fuck just happened?" Um, yeah, in three holes, um, and then I'm ending with a five shot, and then I get one back. Um, and this at this point, I like I've never felt like I was so angry, and then I just went silent. Um, and that's right. And then I ended silent. up having the most focus I've ever had in a round ever. For three holes, I just was like this, <laughs> um, and then five we tied, and then I made one back on six, and then I made a double on seven, and it now was seven shots. Where did you read it from? Um, five, six, seven. You didn't make one back there. Right? We both had the same. We both had par. Yeah. So uh, stayed at stayed at five, and then I made a double, which put it at seven. Yeah, and the ninth. Yeah. And then he put it to six. And then I put it, and then I put it to seven again. So, or actually, yeah, seven. Um, so, um, one under, and then a, a five over. Um, so yeah, not not amazing. Um, you know, um, uh, um, I think it was just that you know. You were giving me a few shots in places, and then I gave you the shots right back. So I think that contributed to you shooting a better score because 
once you gave one out, instead of me capitalizing, which may have you put put you in a little bit of a twiz. That's a new that's a new dick that's a new in squared word twiz. Um I I just gave it right back and more and even more on the sixth. So yeah. Back nine went five four, so you've got another one, so now it's an eight shot lead. Um after it's eight nine shot lead. Yeah, it's nine. Um Hi Laddie. <laughs> Um, Benny then stayed at, stayed at nine. Then he doubled the, uh, the, the 12th, which puts it to eight. Then it stayed at eight. Then it went up to 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was, you know, this, this is the pattern, right? Double bogey. Um, I lose two shots. I, Go even, even. I get one back, and then I give it away with another, with giving them two again, and then I do the same thing over and over, which is going on right here. And then I get one back. Actually, I get a two-shot swing. Or no, uh, never mind. It stays the same at fourteen four, then fourteen three, then fourteen two, then uh, then 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 four, then sixteen two, then seventeen two. Um, so I shot seven over on that. I know I I shot more than seven over. I shot bloody. 10 over and he shot yeah you started at plus seven and i yeah and i shot so that was a 97 for me 47 front 48 back and uh 84 for you with a four under um i went from plus six at the beginning of the round to plus, plus two. two so i shot four under par yeah so the reason you lost is that i played one of the best rounds i've played in a while I no the reason i lost an 84. no i could have stayed even with you you would have, I think to I have come shot back. an 80 to keep up with me. I would have shot an 80. An 81. Because you're giving three strokes up. Yeah. You would have had to shoot an 80 That's to fine. catch me up. Okay. You'd have had to broke an 80 to win. Okay. With the way I was playing that day. Right. But I could have done that if I hadn't so you've got net double bogeys. No, but I'm saying you've never done it and you were 17 strokes off doing well, it. Well, the one place to do it is a major. I think- and I gave... I, I, I was got a few shots back. I, what I would do is I would go, I would give two shots and then I would just, I would stay even and then get one back. And then I would give it, give two to him, right, right, right at the end, which happens four times in that so one think, round. I think one of the things you have to recognize is I played a blinder of him around that day. I actually did yeah, but I didn't, I didn't help it. And the interesting thing over the two rounds, what I did was I took the best score. In this card, I, I wrote your best score for the whole from both rounds, right? So you had a five day one, you had a six day two, so your best score was five. And I did that for all the holes. And your best would have been 43 on the front and 45 on the back. So you, your best score, if you had the best of the two rounds, would have been an 88. Yeah. I did the same for me. And I had a 78. Hmm. There was a 10 shot difference in terms of the yeah, best score fight. in each one. So yeah. That's why, is I actually I actually played really well. Well, I shot a 97, though. That's what, but I shot, an, I'm, what I'm trying to say is I had a 43 in the front and a 41 on the back. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It was an 84, a net 67. Okay. Which is why I won so convincingly, because I, I played a really yeah, good Yeah, I didn't help myself. No, but you also were playing against someone who was playing better than his handicap that day. I did not help myself though. I shot a ninety-seven. I understand, but to have beaten me. See, the problem is, I don't care if I lose by one when you should have when you should have when you shoot an eighty-four. I 
I care when I lose by 16. Oh, I, I, I'm not trying to minimize what happened to you. I'm trying to say that even if you'd played to your handicap, you still would have lost. That's not the point. Um, it's my point. Well, the point is... I feel, I feel that I played so up to my Before potential. Bala, I shot five rounds, all of them under my handicap. Every single one. Yeah, you're not getting my point. My point is that I lifted my game and I played a good round. Well, I should have played a good round, though. Well, maybe the next time you will raise your game for the competition. That's all I'm saying is I raise my game on the day. We all have good days and we all have not so good days. Not so good. Fucking revolutionarily bad. Ah, come on. Give yourself a break. Don't, 97. Don't be so hard on yourself. Well, it doesn't matter. I shot an 89 other, otherwise, and I've already recovered from that pretty pretty convincingly yeah, recovered yes. from it. So it doesn't matter now because I've gotten used to the irons. My putting's better. One of the things, I free putt probably about 10 holes in that round. Your putting was off that. Uh, off. Fucking um, worse than a 55 handicap. I probably three putt about 10 holes. So, okay. So anyway, he made me... Uh, so I, got, I won the cup. And the... Uh, the, apparently, part of the ceremony was to pour, to fill it full of water, and to pour it all, all over my head in one go, or in one go, but all over my head, which I didn't know was a tradition, but is now. <laughs> well, it'll be the, it will be a tradition with the McEwen Classic too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because because okay. if I show you the trophy later, it's a bowl. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so anyway, what else have we got going on? This is getting pretty long. We still got. 20 minutes. We still have 15 minutes left to go until we stop. But, um, next thing I want to talk about is some new equipment we've gotten. So, um, obviously, as I talked about last episode, I got a new set of irons. I got fitted for them. Not completely fitted, but fitted as in I've tested a bunch of clubs and I've settled on the Titleist T200 irons, um, which I just about settled into... Um, now, toss me one, <laughs> um, because, which I've just about settled into as of today, which is um, Monday, the 11th of July, so just under a month after the club cup, and uh, yeah, I've just about settled into them, and I'm loving them. They feel amazing. Um, I'm really loving them. You know, there's still a lot of work, um, but what I, what I, what I've realized is that with the with the P P four twenty or not the P four twenty the G four twenty five, um, I felt like there was not a lot I could do to improve with the my irons. Like my iron game felt pretty much there, and that like there to be you know I couldn't do much apart from either grind ten hours a day and get better through brute force or you know change. And I changed, and now there's obviously a lot more that I can improve because my irons are to my handicap now and not on over my handicap, which makes it seem over, which makes my game overinflated um, to where it is. But um, I changed and now there's a lot more, there's a lot more that I think I can improve like a hell of a lot, but I'm still shooting the same scores and I'm still hitting the same amount of greens. Like um, we played around and I then I think hit, hit three greens that round on, on yesterday uh, I think I hit about three greens and I didn't feel amazing about my iron play that day but if that was 
with my G4 titles, I was like, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. But with the, with the pit, with the title list, it makes me think, you know, there's still a lot more to be done, and I'm not going to get to the point where I feel that way again until I'm probably down to, like, a four handicap, which I have a, a long way to go for. So, and then I switch to Blades, and then that does the exact same thing. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a big change in the in the good way for me. Um, I also got a rangefinder. Um, because in tournaments, I don't know how many tournaments allow Arcos because it tells you what it's playing, uh, which I don't think many tournaments will like. And plus, a laser is going to be better because it will tell you the distance of the flag and not the middle of the green. So, I mean, and playing to the lie and the uphill and all that stuff is your own problem, not Arcos's problem. And Arcos doesn't even get the full story because it doesn't know your lie the wind is not always correct, and it doesn't know the down. Well, it doesn't know the downhill, but it gets it wrong a lot. Um, and it's, I've noticed it getting wrong a lot more. But it's up to you with the um, with the rangefinder, and it tells you the ping distance, which is a lot more useful than the middle of the green or the front of the green and stuff. So yeah, um, I'm still going to use Arcos, especially you know, like the second hole. It's uphill. It's a blind second shot, so you can't zap the flag. Um, so you have to use you can use our cost in that situation. And that's the thing. In tournaments, I'll probably just zap a different target and take yards off it or whatever. Uh, and the other thing we got, finally, we've been talking about it for a long time since episode three, literally episode three, um, and now it's episode eight, and it's finally happened. A Garmin R10 got our in stock and are uh, in a box or in its case in the car out there. And um, we've already tested it out. We've already decided that it's the best thing ever to happen. Uh, no, not the best thing, but a very useful thing that we're going to use a lot to improve our games because um, it. we didn't know. One thing I can already tell you, we've already learned a new stat that we didn't know about before. And we also now know our ball speeds and stuff like that. So it's a very big thing, and it's going to be a very trivial point in our quest for data as one of our things our quest for data-driven improvement is one of the big things is with our cost, we talk about getting data with whoop, we've talked whoop, Apple fitness, the daily dues and all that kind of stuff. We've been talking about getting improvement through data and a Garmin is just another step in the direction to get data to improve. And um, I'll tell you the thing that we figured out is that with our irons, we have a plus attack angle, which means we're hitting up on it on some of them even like nine irons, um, which is why we're seeing a lot of blades and tops. So you can make an adjustment and work on it, and there you go. That's something fixed, you know? And um, it's going to be a big thing to not only help our games, you know, on little tweaks, um, telling us what we need to improve better than our cost will. Our cost tells you the overall what you need to improve. Well, essentially, our cost tells you what side of your game you need to improve, the Garmin will tell you what exactly you need to improve. And it will even tell you, and it also means we can start speed training without the simulator, which is a big thing because we don't want to book a simulator every single day and have to speed train in there. Um, it's better to go to the range. And if you want to do a speed session a couple times a week, you can do that and um, we can get our speeds up. And that's going to be a big part of um, hitting it longer, which is another prominent thing. Quest for 300 for me. What's your quest? 250? Consistently? What's that? What's your quest for distance? What's your target? Yeah. 
What's your target? Two two thirty? Uh, yeah, I think two thirty is more realistic for me. Than for me, two. it's two eighty consistently, and also to hit a three hundred yard drive, which I've gotten very close. I'm hitting two ninety two. Right. Wow, this is my longest right now, but I'm getting there. Um. So I hit two seventy seven drive. Yeah, that double that well on a flat, you know, surface <laughs> with the Garmin because that flutters off flat. Oh, right, right. Right. Um, but that can be the kind of one off hitting a longest drive, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, which we talked about last episode, the Highway Hills round, um, where we hit long drives on a one one or two holes, um, and long iron shots because of the air. But um elevation. Yeah. Um I guess we'll go to a new segment that I've concocted, um, which is called the Idea Square. Um, essentially, it's our place to think of ideas and talk about and brainstorm and go on tangents um, and banter, pretty much. Um, so a top, the topic today, which we can brainstorm, what do we want to talk about today for the Idea Square? This is a new segment I didn't even know about. So what's our brainstorming topic today for the Idea Square? What what's supposed to go in the square? Our brainstorming and banter and all that kind of stuff. Ideas about what? Whatever topic we choose for that week. So what's our topic for this week? <laughs> you you thought of the idea, haven't you? Got well, this topic? is the whole point. We're both thinking of it. Good God! Uh, all right. Um, how much technology is too much technology? We've got our course. We've got sensors on all our clubs. We've now got Garmin. You've now got a rangefinder. You know, think that sometimes we're filling our heads full of so much data. We're getting over the shot. We've got too much swimming around up there, and we end up not hitting the clean shot that we might have hit if we had just cleared our mind and said, oh, it's a seven iron. Hit it. I think it can be. I think it, in the, when I first started playing this game, there were none of these technologies, right? And what you looked for was a, a, a marker of some sort, whether that and uh, you say, oh, okay, so back there is 150, and then you'd step it off to your ball, right? It might sound like an old school here, and get your old abacus out and work out how... Abacus? What the hell is an abacus? Oh, okay, you're not, you don't even know what an abacus is. All right, so you get your piece of paper down and go, oh, <laughs> that was 150, and I'm 10 steps, so that's 140, so that means I have to hit an 8 iron. And guess what? We usually were about right in which iron we were hitting. Um, well, this is and this then is you what throw I'm grass up in the air to see what the wind power well, we that. was. We still no, you, that. our cross tells you. You don't need to do that. I do anymore. that. But that's if you in a tournament. I do that technology. All the time. Well, in tournament, you're not using our cross. Right? But I'm exactly. saying with all this data, sometimes, just like it's not good to have too many swing thoughts in your head when you're swinging. Well, that's my point. Sometimes so, I think having well, this this amount of data uh, can be distracting from the actual mental game. I think it can be, but here's my question. So here's here's your evidence on if it is. What's your most, what's your best score this year? The one I just played in that cup at eighty four. The one you just played. The one that I won the cup in eighty four. Exactly the one you just played. With no, but the all, one I played with, three or four weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. The one with all the data. What do you it? mean with all the data? When you have all the data. Right, but you have a lot of other stuff too, like all that kind of stuff. But I'm well, okay. My point is, is that 
it can be, yeah. But the the the, the deciding factor is if you let it go down the course and get to your head. That's what I'm saying. Do you think that's a possibility? That it's a possibility, to, but then be, then you just have to be aware of it. You have to work even harder to clear your mind of all that stuff and focus on the shot. That's fine. I mean, I think the trick is, you know, you watch you watch the professionals, right? And their caddies like, oh yeah, it's one twenty three. Oh, what's the wind like? Oh, it's this, this, and they're taking all that data, right? They're getting all data, and then the last thing you hear a caddy usually say to player, fully commit, give it give it your full attention, whatever that statement is. You see, you've got to commit to 100%. Exactly. And that's it. It's like, I've got all the data. i got the club that I want to get. I know what direction I want to hit it in. Now clear my head and do that. And always. And that's what we're doing. And, and right hit now. the target that you're aiming to hit. And that's what we're doing right now. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to always have a target. Well, it's obviously working. It worked that day. Yeah. But well, it's might, working right yeah. now because you shot an 86 a couple of days ago. That's true. Or right? literally right. two days ago. The handicap is slowly coming down, right, which exactly. is good news. So. But then one thing I've been starting to do is, and I always say it to you when you're tripping, is pick a target, pick a target. And I'm doing that. But I'm starting to go back to something I did years ago. Is even on my drives, I'm picking a target just in front of my ball. Oh, I always do that. I've always done and, that. And I, I've been in my peripheral vision, I can still see that target while I'm swinging. And then I'm saying, every shot, I want to do that. I always want to have a target for every shot. Because there's something about your body will adjust for, to make sure that ball goes over that target if that's what you're focused on. Right, and this topic has come up um, in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of podcast episodes, I'm sure, um, which especially recently is how much data is too much data and if, mm. data, if there's too much data in your life. And I think it more depends on the person than how much data you have. It's knowing how you process it. Right, that's what I'm saying. It, it comes down more to the player than, you know, what data is too much data. And that's what Rick Shields has said in his podcast, who's a teacher that used data in his teaching is, you know, if you let you know, yourself, you know, say, ah, oh, man, I hit, or he hits this drive and, you know, it might have, it might go a little too high and it might balloon, right? Oh man, I really put too much spin on that. Mm-hmm. Or compared to something, you know, like how the hell are you going to go from fucking going from hitting it high spin to low spin in a round? You're not going to fucking do that because you have no clue how to. Right, you have no gauge on how to do it. Oh, a little high on the face, maybe I put a little, little, or maybe it was a little low on the face and it ballooned a little bit. Yeah, I saw that. Maybe, maybe, but what it actually was is maybe you hit, you hit down, you hit, you hit up on the ball, right? <laughs> trying to, trying to give tips right here. My handicap came down. I just noticed. Um, maybe, maybe. You know, maybe it wasn't because you put too much spin on it. Maybe it was because you hit up on it, but you hit it like pretty much the low side of the face. So it will spin. I'll try to hit it, tee it up maybe a little higher. So I'll go a little less spin because it hits the high side of the face. I'm hitting up on it. So it'll go high, high, low spin. There you go. That's your fix. You don't, you don't use that data. And then once you're in the range, spun that one too much. Let's, let's make the actual technical adjustment to make sure I can do that to not do that again. That's where the data works. And that's why, uh, yeah, that's that's when the data is supposed to happen. It's supposed to be, you, when you're playing around, you're collecting the data subconsciously, or not really subconsciously, but passively through Gin and Arcos and maybe Garmin um, with Arcos and all that kind of stuff. And then when you're uh, finished, 
and you analyze it and say, and the range is when the data is used. So you, you, it's like, it's like, you know, money, right? You passively income it and then use it to get more passive income, right? Or better passive income. It's the same thing. You get the data passively. You put an hour time on. I saw that. Come on. Um, you 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 get the you get your data passively, and then you use the data, and spend your data to get better passive data, um, lower scores, as in lower scores, lower handicaps, all that kind of stuff. That's better. That's what it, that's what it is. Um, and that's not due because you have the data. It's because you're being a stupid idiot and you're using the data on the course. So. And I agree it's an in-between round thing. It's good to collect it if it's easy to collect. The thing that annoys me with our course is it doesn't always, you have to keep fixing the bloody thing. You can't just play and not check our course and then have to edit it, which is a pain. Um, and I've repaired my clubs several times, so um, they need to improve their technology. But I think the thing with our course well, and other are. things is it can, um, it can point out which area of your game you need to work on. Right, so strokes gain, strokes gain, the most right. important stats in the game of golf, probably. Yeah, well, apparently it is. So apart from the actual score that you hit, but yeah, apart um, from the score, it's the most important stats. So, so yeah, so so it gives you a clue. So you know, you need and you, like most people is in, in my experience, it's the short game. It's 150 yards in. That's, That's where not most short of game. it happens. Short game is like 150. That used to be 150 yards in, but anyway, it is whatever that part of the game is called these days is. Usually that part, because that's where all the scores basically are, are coming from. Um, and then, but it will then tell you, well, how many greens and regulations did you, did you hit? How many putts did you take? That sort of stuff. And you can never go wrong by practicing putting, because all of us can improve in putting but to yeah. get better scores, especially and our so, handicaps. And putting is a trivially easy thing to you can practice to, practice, it anywhere. to, to get improve on. Yeah. Putting is probably the easiest thing to improve yeah. on and probably has the least skill gap between a really good handicap yeah. and a bad handicap. Yeah, it's true. Um, um, which makes it the make or break thing since it's such a low thing, but it's also so easy to practice that, you know, if you do, you're going to be fine. So it's pretty much like, you know, if you go to the gym, if, you, if it's your first time going to the gym and you have newbie gains, right, so you gain muscle so much faster because it's new to you, mm. if you stop you're not going to gain muscle mm-hmm. or you're starting to maybe even lose it at one point. Some of it. So, so yeah. So yeah. technology is good in its place. Like most advances like this. Yeah. I will say that the thing that, uh, the new technology has done by putting the data out there, it's changed some perceptions of what, Oh yeah. What makes a ball go further or right. what makes it, you know, and so that's a big, big, angles, big smash thing. factors and all those kinds of things. Massive thing. What, what the other point, and I don't know if we can debate this out fully tonight, but the other point I think is that with all the data that you're collecting, there should be, I believe, a category of data that's for us as amateurs around 15 handicap range versus people who are single digit. Then you know, in terms of areas of improvement that we can work on to improve the most. It's in our it's different. It's different. Well, it could be stroke scheme, but it could be other things. It's different for someone who's an amateur who's um, trying to maintain a 15 handicap or a 12 handicap or something like that 
than someone like you that's that's trying to get to scratch um mm -hmm. and is young and improving and changing clubs because you know the clubs are better clubs for that range of handicaps that sort of thing that's not something i'm going to do what get down to scratch no it, it's try it's, it's see oh well i need to change clubs because for that type of handicap but i need to be able to hit that stuff's not going to work for me it's going to be other factors that work for me I don't, well, know, I don't know what yet, but <laughs> it's going to be other factors. Well, you don't. Well, it, to a degree. Like if you're a four hand, if you're if you're a ten handicap with clubs that are built for a twenty five handicap. Yeah, see that. I'm, like the, I'm still like my struggling case. to believe that the club has that much difference. Well, look, look at look at my case, right? What I was just talking about earlier with the G four twenty five. If I hit three greens, to me that perfect strike day. To me, that was a perfect strike day because everything felt pretty much fine. With it, with the with the T two hundreds, where I'm at pretty much the limit of high handicap for that iron, right? I'm at just the limit to where it's good for you, right? You should be able to use it, right? Twelve, which is my handicap, it goes from twelve to about two. Um, and all of a sudden, I hit three greens, right? So I'm doing as good, but it feels a lot different, right? it feels like there's still a lot to do and improve. So I'm doing the same thing, but there's so much to improve. And then if, if you're, if you're a two handicap and you're striking a two for 25, absolutely perfectly every single time and you switch to a blade. Oh my God. It seems so clear on how I can become a plus two because all of these glaring issues all of a sudden come out because the iron's not so forgiving anymore. So all the issues that may have been there before just have been covered up are now there and it's so much easier to improve. Okay. Well, and that's exactly what my case is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm just being old fashioned and <laughs> don't think the, the equipment has that big an effect, but that probably, is well, here's another case. Old and this yeah. is something Tiger Woods said he hits, he was hitting, um, in 2019, he hit his drives the same distance he hit it when he was 25. Just because of the technology yeah, of the drivers. You know, I, yeah, I have to admit, there has to be something in it. And when you switched that. from your burner driver to your sim driver, mm -hmm. you went from hitting it 180 to 200 overnight. Well, that, that was other But you went, you went back down. There was other factors. I had the big but, chunky grip and other things that were going well, on. There. Well, but, but yeah. when you changed, right, and you hit it dead straight, so you got the distance, you got all the distance you I could think. out of it, it went your peak distance went up even the, the most improvement i got from dry in the driving was that lesson that i listened to with rory about stance and how far back and you know i was standing way too close to the ball right. i was all i wasn't uh, i wasn't swinging uh freely and so i wasn't getting enough speed through the ball as soon as, as soon as i started to adjust and stand for the back and feel like i was stretching out to hit the ball i started hitting about 20 yards more so I've probably been the same with the old driver. Well, you don't know that. Maybe not as much. It might have been probably five or ten yards difference. Maybe I think. not as much, yeah. yeah okay. um, I'll give you that. Technology yeah. definitely has made a difference. Um, so will one or two years of driver change that massively? It depends. Most of the time, if they're both the driver that's for you, no. But in my case, I had the sim. Couldn't do anything with it. I switched the ping. Immediately, I hit more fairways. Mm. Remember that? Um, but this was before in squared, but when I switched my ping driver, um, you know, in January, um, I was doing really bad with the sim. I was Wait, like, cut that out. 
<laughs> you see what he was doing? Yeah. Um, that's on camera. He's <laughs> humping the cat. <laughs> yeah, dirty little boy. He's a dirty dog. So what about you? Look at you. He doesn't really care. Wagging his tail, yeah. Um, look, he looks happy. Um, Feels wagging. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, when I switched my drive, <laughs> I wasn't hitting my I wasn't hitting my sim driver well, and I switched the ping, and it completely changed my entire driving for pretty much good, right? So I was I've been hitting my driver, you know, I couldn't do I can't I couldn't do what I could what I can do with the sim, uh, with with the ping what I did with the sim. So it depends, um, but it on complete basis, you know, completely on merit, I don't think one or two years will change much. But 10, 15 years will. Right? And that's that's a bigger difference. Like five, six, seven years will be a much bigger difference than one or two. And that's where the technology really makes a difference. And also, you know, your handicap and your play level compared to what technology you have. That's the that's also a big difference. Anyway, young man, I need to draw this to a close. All right. So um yeah, that's episode eight, episode nine, and probably a few weeks. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess we'll call it there. See you next episode, and uh, yeah. Goodbye for me. Bye for me, and goodbye for me. And